No, I, I was gonna. <laughs> he's calling to get on me. <laughs> I was gonna say to you though, with you know, look, I, I've envisioned things can get a heck of a lot worse uh, than they are. You know, we're not even in the in the beginning. Um, I don't even think we're in the beginning phases of the merger of man and machine yet. I mean, I think we'll see that in a couple few years, the beginning of them unveiling people with brain chips in their heads. I mean, they they do have certain people, uh, you know, over a few hundred thousand with them, but it's for paralysis and things like that. I, I think the evil side of it, you're going to start to see soon. I would say to people, uh, you know, with if you believe everything that, You've been talking about the last few years, especially for folks whose eyes were opened under COVID land, the high school theater production, then um, you better hope there's a God. Because I will tell you that the, the people that were battling these technocrats and these transhumanists, they do not love you. Uh, and they are working to, to engineering humanity out of existence. And my, they have declared war on humanity. And I will say that it's interesting because if there is no God, why the heck do these people with so much power and so much control and so much money work so hard to try to prove there's no God? Why do they work so hard to want to play God? Why are they working so hard to yeah. hijack nature and hijack humanity and you know genetically modify foods and people and animals and spray the skies and block the sun and chemtrails and cloud seeding and all these other things why are they trying to work so hard to harness this earth and to prove that they're the leaders and they can control us and the human evolution of humans we're going to seize control of it if there's no god why are they working so hard if they don't believe there's a god why don't they just go about their day and do whatever they want. Just hang out with hookers and do cocaine all day long. Why are they working so hard to try to hijack everything that is natural and to try to change the natural evolution of this planet and of people? Why are they trying to work so hard to do that if there is no God? That's that's what I always wonder. Like what you're working awfully hard to prove there is no God. You know, you want to go up in the sky like Bill Gates and spray uh, metals all over the place to block the sun. Like, why are you working so hard to do this? It doesn't make any sense. It goes back to Genesis chapter 3. It's like, you know, surely God doesn't care if you eat this fruit. You'll be like he is. You'll be God. You know, it all goes back. I don't want God. I don't want the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want the God of the Bible, the God of, of Israel. I don't want him telling me what I can and can't do. You know, I want to be God. I want to chart my own course. I want to, you know, manifest my own destiny. I want to do all these things, you know, and I don't need him coming around messing up my fun. You know, <laughs> uh, the tempta that was the temptation that, that the devil used with Adam and Eve. You know, you will be as God. If you eat this fruit, you will be like him. And that's exactly what these guys, these guys believed that lie. And, you know, yeah. the Bible says, you know, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And in oh, the grand yeah. scheme of things, while they look so important now and they've got all the money and power and stuff that's, that, that anybody could ever want now, there's going to come a day when they have to stand before God and uh, they're going to have to give an account. And uh, let's just say I don't want to be standing too close yeah. when that well, day goes down. And these guys now, they... 
they didn't even want the apple. They said, we're going to genetically modify the apple so it's not even the same yeah, apple. we'll make our own apple. <laughs> and then they said... We don't have to worry about eating God's fruit. We'll just make our own. <laughs> right. And then they said, you know, but, but God crea- they said, God created Adam and Eve. Well, guess what we can do? Now, in our story, Adam is Eve and Eve is Adam. So that's, that's the story that these guys are trying to create right now. <laughs> But you, you, you look at, at, the, at that kind of thinking, um, and that kind of thinking is just, just anti-God. It's anti-creation. It's anti-his uh, you know, order of things. Now, I'm not picking on any particular group. I'm really not. I, I, don't, I don't do that. But the point is, is the people who are you know, pushing this stuff at us, pushing this stuff down, the, 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 you know, the, the Elon Musk's, and the Jeff Bezos and the Bill Gates and those kind of people um, in the guise of making life better and actually turning people more away from God and towards themselves. I mean, these people, you know, when, when you hear people talk about them, it's almost in terms of worship. And I think they, they dig it. I think Bill Gates wants to be worshipped. He loves it. You know? Um, oh, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I yeah, I hope and then, that the yeah. guy who hit him in the face with the pie goes to heaven. I'd like to shake his hand one day. You know? Yeah. Um, well, the and the other thing but, too uh, is they are they are anti. I mean, in all honesty, they are anti nature. They are anti, like you said, creation. They're anti humanity, and they are anti life. And you can see this. You can listen to their words, and you can see their actions, and you can look at the technologies that they're either creating or they are the puppet face of the creation. Everything they do is is anti-life. And this is why I've said to people, whether they realize they're doing it or not, the only logical conclusion that all this stuff goes to is the end of humanity and engineering it out of existence. You cannot start genetically modifying people, growing genetically modified babies and wombs, sticking computer chips inside people's heads, uh, engineering people to whatever your idea today of is 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 perfection in your eyes, because they're never going to be perfect. And you're going to get to the point where you finally say, and, and we are getting close to this, that, well, humans just aren't perfect. You know what? Get rid of them and we'll just have AI robots. We don't even need the humans anymore. I mean, there's a whole thing going on now. They call it the uh, human loop where they're using humans to continue to train the AI. And this is happening in many different forms. And I keep telling people that are in these industries where they're actually doing it, it. What do you think happens when you're done training the AI? You're gone. You're out of the equation. You're done. Like you're being used right now. This would be like a, a slave on an old southern plantation being told that he's going to train this new robot that's going to pick cotton. Well, what do you think is going to happen to you at the end when the, when the robot can do it perfectly? They're going to bring you out in the field and shoot you. They don't need you anymore. <laughs> You're useless to them. So this is sadly where, where, it's, uh, where I see that going. And, um, yeah, I think people... You know, that, that pastor who I uh, mentioned at the beginning of the show, whose house we went to a few times, like he had said to me, um, like you did, you could never predict 
you know, really when end times is or when the rapture, if it's coming, is coming. You can't predict any of that. So either one, you have to go out, uh, like you just said, and spread the word of, of God, of Christ. And he said, and, and if you're not comfortable doing that yet, then go out and talk about evil and the evil that you see and try to help people stay clear of it or navigate it. You know, preach in your own way that you're comfortable with right now. But don't sit back and wait for God to, to come and save you. Try to heal those who have been hurt by it. You know, right. I mean, there's all kinds of ways. Not everybody was born Billy Graham. You know, <laughs> not everybody's going to be able to just step out the door and, and preach a, a home run sermon. We're not, we're not geared that way. But everybody is good at something. Everybody can do something. You know, you don't have to be a great television evangelist. You don't have to be a pastor of a church that has 5,000 people. Maybe you know how to fix lawnmowers. Or maybe you can bake really good cookies. Or maybe, you know, you can just sit with somebody who's lost a loved one and just care for them while they're going through that. Or sit beside somebody's bed who is sick. Um, There's all kinds of ways you can do God's work, that you can touch people for Christ that has nothing to do with preaching. Your life can be the sermon. Your good deed can be the sermon. Um, you can, you know, it, it's like I said, I, I think in we in one of the Christmas rants I was doing on um, the Green Dragon Tavern site, that, you know, uh, the, these uh, guerrilla acts of kindness, you know, you got a boss who's a real jerk, you got a guy who's, or, or a neighbor who's a real jerk, start doing nice stuff for them, you know, give them a present for Christmas, you know, bake them some cookies, you know, do, just do nice things for them, Good, drive them crazy. And after a while, they're going to say, why are you doing this? I've treated you like dirt. Why are you being nice to me? And then you got him. You go like, well, I'm really glad you asked. <laughs> I think I've got an answer for you. And now there's a rapport built up. You don't have to be, you know, eloquent because you've already got their attention and uh, they're listening now. And uh, you can just say, hey, well, you know, I-, I love you because, you know, God loves me. And uh, he told me to to share that love. And uh I'm trying to do that. And, you know, and, that, and that's, that's, that's as good a sermon as has ever been preached right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've, you've touched somebody's life. And I mean, I don't think God's, you know, counting, he doesn't, you know, it's not like when you, you witness to somebody or you, you bring somebody to Christ, you get to hang a scalp from your belt or carve a notch in your gun. God doesn't keep those kind of records. Um, but I think what God wants is, you know, he, he gave us all abilities. We can do something, uh, and, and thankfully, we all don't do the same things. We're, we're better at things. You know, I, I can do one thing, but I don't know a thing about fixing cars. So I'm really glad there are people who know how to fix cars, you know, or I'd be walking everywhere I go. <laughs> uh, everybody can do something, and you can take that something, whatever that is, and use that to positively affect people's lives, and eventually, they're going to want to know, why are you doing this? And you say, okay, I'm doing this because, and now that now they're ready to listen, they're going to listen to you. Whereas mm-hmm. if you just walk up to them on the street and say, hey, I want to tell you about God, they're going to take off running, you know, and I would too. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, but no, uh, I think everybody everybody can be an evangelist if they just use the natural talents and gifts they were born with, and just put that to some kind of use uh, to help somebody who needs that kind of help. And to do it without charging them and to do it without obligating them and, and really showing love. 
really showing love. Jesus met people where they were. You know, he didn't look down on people. He ate with, he ate with sinners. Uh, and when you ate with somebody back in the day and time, that's why the religious establishment of that time got so upset because Jesus was eating with sinners. Well, when you ate with somebody, you were making an identification with them. Right. Jesus wasn't identifying with their sin, but he was identifying with them as people. They were human beings. He was, you know, he was born, he was a fully man and fully God at the same time. But I mean, when he, you know, he stubbed his toe at night when he got up to go to the bathroom, it hurt. When mm -hmm. he was outside working in the hot sun, he sweat, you know. If it got cold at night, he had to put a blanket on. Uh, he was not immune from all the sufferings and problems and things that we humans have to put up with. And that's what makes him, you know, such a, 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 a good savior, a good shepherd to us, because he knows our predicament. He's lived our predicament mm -hmm. and he knows it and he's overcome death on our behalf. So the greatest enemy we have, the greatest fear that we have is that of dying. And he's already taken care of that. Um, and, you know, we may not all be Bible scholars. We may not all be preachers, but we have all got something. Something that God has put in our life that we were born with, a talent, a skill, or something. And we can use that in some way to show God's love to somebody who is desperately in need of God's love. And uh, and I think that's, that's something that the church, if the church wants to grow, we have to look at that rather than looking at all these crazy programs and stuff. And you got, we got to get 5,000 people in our church and we got to, you know, we got to have a ball team and we got to have a coffee shop and we got to have a gym. And we got, you know, people don't want that stuff. They've got that already. It's all out there. Uh, but what people need is when they go home at night alone and, and they're, they're lonely and they're hurting and maybe they've lost a, a loved one or their marriage has broken up or, or their kids are all to hell or, or, you know, something. And they're really struggling under the gun. That's when they need somebody to come along. And show them that, hey, you know, God loves them and cares about them. And, and he's, he's wanting to work in your life. Uh, quit listening to the other side. Quit listening to the guy who's going to tell you, hey, if you do it my way, you'll be like God. Mm -hmm. you know? No, you won't be like God. And you'll always be in need of him. And if you reject him forever, he's going to reject you forever. But, you mm -hmm. know, all you got to do is put just, just a little bit of faith out there. And he's, he's, he's going to come. He's going to, I mean, the, the story of the prodigal son is such a beautiful story because the, the son squanders everything. But when he comes back, the father sees him and says he ran to him. The father ran to this worthless child of his. And God does that. He ran to us when he sent Christ. Mm -hmm. he, he ran to us. And, and we can be that to other people. Even the people who don't believe like we do when it comes to eschatology, we can love them too. So like I said, you know, we need to, you know, everybody should hug an millennialist <laughs> or, or a premillennialist or uh, bake some cookies and give them to a post mill guy or a pre-trib rapture guy, somebody that, that if, if you disagree with them, they're not your enemy. The devil is our enemy. And all mm -hmm. these people who work for the devil out there are our enemies, not the guy who has a different view of when Christ is going to return. That's not our enemy. Definitely. I agree with you. That's fantastic. Um, that would have been a great ending, but we can't end there, Dana, because you've got some uh, books that you, you want to. I got you some, some resources here. Yeah, uh, I just now, now these, like I said, some of these guys represent schools of thought 
that you may or may not disagree with. They represent schools of thought that I may or may not disagree with, but they are helpful. They are people who have written things that will at least point you in directions. Maybe they don't have the answer, but they may lead you down a path where you'll discover the answer. And, you know, the two big ones I'm going to say is Dr. Michael Heiser. Um, he has got a podcast called the Naked Bible Podcast. And I know to some people that's, they wonder what the heck is this all about? But Dr. Heiser is a Hebrew scholar. He's a text guy. He let the Bible say what it says. Let the text as it was written say what it says. Don't dress it up in Catholic terms. Don't dress it up in Protestant terms. Don't dress it up in, in any of these other terms. Take it just for what it says. And what does it say? And then go back to the original sources and the context it came out of. He's written a book called The Unseen Realm, which is just great. Uh, he also did a series on his Naked Bible podcast. I think it took him about a year. He did a series on John's use of the Old Testament in Revelation. And he just, uh, within the last year or so, published his notes. Uh, so he's got a book called The Old Testament in Revelation, which is a good place to start if you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, so I would, um, you know, definitely uh, look into that uh, and check out the Naked Bible podcast. It's, it's, it's a great podcast. Dr. Heiser is suffering from um, pancreatic cancer. So, uh, and he's still putting stuff out and he's still working every day. He could use our prayers and the prayers of all the faithful out there, but his stuff is, is just phenomenal. And when you hear me talk, I say so much that people probably accuse, uh, accuse me of plagiarizing. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not. I give him the credit. The other guy is Dr. Gregory Beale, or Dr. Greg Beale, B-E-A-L-E. -E. His big commentary is the New International Commentary on Revelation, uh, and he's got a shorter commentary. He's also the editor of, and he wrote the section on Revelation, and really another big book called The Commentary on the New Testament Use of the Old Testament which is really worth reading too. It's a great help uh, in understanding how New Testament writers use the Old Testament. And you gotta do that if you wanna get close to what these texts really mean. He also wrote a book on John's use of the Old Testament revelation. So you got one from Heiser and you got one from, uh, from Beale. Uh, other guys that I have read that I really like, there's a guy by the name of Richard Bauckham, B-A-U-C-K-H-A-M. Um, he's written a book called The Climax of Prophecy, which is his take on Revelation, which is really interesting. Uh, William Hendrickson, um, he's written a really good book called More Than Conquerors that's uh, it's coming from an amillennialist uh, uh, perspective on the scriptures, on the end time scriptures, but don't let that scare you off. Uh, it, it's not a bad thing. He articulates the reading of Revelation from the way I, I said, the spiral staircase view, the uh, recapitulation view, um, he articulates that really well. And that's something everybody should try reading the Bible that way. But he breaks it up, tells you what chapters or goes with what vision. Uh, another guy by the name of Michael Wilcox, a British scholar, he's done some great work on Revelation as well. Uh, if you want to get into the apocalyptic stuff, the stuff that's not biblical it was not included in the canon of scripture but it is informative to people who are studying writings that come from this time period there's a guy by the name of john collins uh, who wrote a book called the apocalyptic imagination worth taking a look at 
there's another fellow by the name of James Charlesworth, and he's got a massive two-volume set that he edited. He didn't write it all. He edited it. It's called the Old Testament Pseudepigrapha. Uh, say that three times real fast with a mouthful of bubble gum. Um, <laughs> but the Pseudepigrapha, basically pseudo meaning false and pigrapha meaning name, uh, there were people who wrote back in you know pre-New Testament and New Testament times who used the name of a biblical character uh, as, as if they wrote it. There's like the second book of Daniel and other ones like Enoch. We know that those, Daniel didn't write two books. We know that Enoch didn't write the book of Enoch. But they used those names, so false names. It doesn't mean that the books are bad or they're of the devil or, you know, Satan, you know, talked to people who put the Bible together into leaving these out because this is where the real hidden stuff is there are good reasons why these books were left out of the bible but it doesn't mean that they're bad they're not evil they're very informative of the way people thought back then and the last one that i'll bring up is george eldon ladd uh he's written several things but the book if you can find it is called the last things it's a really small paperback you could read it in an afternoon but uh it's an eschatology for laymen it's uh a book on the end times um for people who are non-specialists. So um, you may have to hit your rewind button a bunch of times. I went through these really fast, but <laughs> you can go back, go back 10 seconds and, and get these names. Most all of these books are available on Amazon, and most of these authors are alive today. Uh, I don't know about Charlesworth, but um, the, a bulk of them are still alive today and still publishing, still writing, still, still preaching. And uh, check out their stuff. I mean, it, it, you won't go wrong. You may not agree with it. You don't have to agree with it, you know, but let it inform you. Let it uh, open your mind to new directions. These are all evangelical Christian people. They're not fringe. They're not out there on the limb somewhere. They're not crazy people. They don't wear tinfoil hats, you know. Uh, they're, they're serious Bible scholars who just want to try to get to the truth and share that with other people. So uh, check these guys out. They're really worth it. And like I said, what I hope you get out of today and our conversation is that the systems aren't evil. They're not bad. And the people who believe in them are not evil. They're not bad. But I believe that none of the systems cover the whole scope of end times theology the way that they should. It's much bigger than the systems present. And go to some of these guys, read some of them, read them with an open mind and let them guide you and trust the Lord to guide you in a direction where you will learn more and understand more and you'll be able to share more with other people and you won't tear your hair out when you read prophetic scriptures because what in the world just got talking about? They can help you. <laughs> Now that's great, Dana. I, I appreciate that very much. You know, on uh, my journey, like I said, I'm, I'm talking to a lot of different people. So, um, I'm, you know, not just on the scripture, but on a lot of topics, because I'm always trying to learn more and um, gain more knowledge that adds up to more wisdom in this uh, world, whether end times are coming this afternoon or uh, tomorrow afternoon, <laughs> which, which, whichever it may be. Well, like I said, when Jesus came, the end times started. So we're already in the end times. We've been in the end times for over 2,000 years. No, I'm and, talking about uh, the end. But I'm are we at the end. end of the end times? No, that's, that's what the I was question. Saying. 
That's what I was talking about. The end of the end times. Uh, unfortunately, the end of the end times. Unfortunately, for me, people too. My end times uh, comes I'm when they hold the- me down and put the chip in my head. That's my end times. <laughs> uh, I'm over at the Green Dragon Tavern on Pain.tv. If you go to groups, uh, the Green Dragon Tavern is out there. If people want further um you know resources or something like that you can reach out to me there um and i'll be glad to to get back in touch with you or if you would rather to you know send me your email that way i can email you anything that i've got that might come in handy to you uh i'm not about trying to get you to be in a system or to leave a system or to change systems i'm about you getting a much bigger picture and and enjoy this stuff it's fascinating it's 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 when you start looking at the Bible through the eyes of the ancient Hebrew, man, oh man, it just it's it's like Dr. Heiser says, you'll read your Bible again for the first time. Yeah, folks, and I'm glad Dana just did that plug for me. So uh, I'm always telling you guys, if you join pain.tv slash gold, you get access to the ad-free video version of this podcast, the Dustin Gold Standard, and Mike Moore's podcast, the Thomas Paine podcast. If you join the Hotwire, you get access to Mike's highest level of intelligence. It's a show he calls the Hotwire. And you're getting access to a Facebook-like app, um, uh, mobile application and website where you can learn from people, you can share information with people, you can tell Mike or me that our shows are terrible and you hate us. You can do whatever you want there, but you can start groups just like in Facebook. And that's what Dana was just talking about, his group, the Green Dragon Tavern. Uh, so Dana is one of the people who is a member of pain.tv slash gold. It's a high caliber of folks. Most people are like-minded in that they're trying to understand this uh, world that we find ourselves in. Uh, It's not an echo chamber. People will argue back and forth. Dana will probably have people argue with him uh, over the interpretation of uh, eschatology here, which is great. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic group, but there's not trolls like you get over on Twitter and Facebook and just haters. Everybody seems to want to learn from each other so it's a great place to hang out it's owned by mike moore it's not built off of facebook so it's as independent as one can get in this uh technological system we find ourselves in so think about joining us over there also uh if you'd like to leave a donation for the show you can do show do so at donorbox.org slash dustin gold show and as always if you can leave us a five-star review and a comment at apple podcast Uh, where the majority of people listen. It does help drive us up the rankings, and we can continue to produce uh, content like this where I hope you are gaining some value. So, Dana, thank you very much. Uh, This is your second time on the show. We really appreciate it. I mean, you're opening my eyes every time I speak to you. So now I know all about this. I add this in with the outlaw stuff that I stole from you last time, which uh, really, honestly, I tell people you cannot – complain about tyranny and then continue to comply with tyranny you have to work around the system you can't be an outlaw and not steal from somebody (laughs) (laughs) hey it's okay i get you i get you (laughs) the the system isn't here exactly the system is the outlaws i mean seriously though Uh, all right dana any any final words uh before we take off that was fantastic i appreciate it i was gonna say that you know you, you said people might argue with me it's fine everybody out there is free to argue with me I'm just not going to argue back. 
<laughs> um, but uh, if if you uh, want to come over and throw stones, I, I'm I got thick skin. I can take it. And uh, uh, like I said, the most important thing is let's quit fighting each other. The devil's our enemy. The guy who holds a different view of the end times is not your enemy. Uh, let's quit treating them like they are, and let's act a little more like Jesus uh, rather than fuss and fight over how his coming back to earth another time plays out. And then I'll just say this. If you throw stones at Dana, be prepared for a well-written, well-researched, thorough dissertation because dana can write and he writes fantastic stuff so if you do want to poke him you're going to get some great information back from him because he sends me uh just over the last three four five months that i've known him through uh the pain tv community uh he sent me so much fantastic information i mean i appreciate it very much dana because you're like a you're i mean you've studied so many subjects over the years i find it to be great and maria albanese loves you and she's been a good friend of mine for many years so anyone who maria albanese trusts i trust so that's uh that's how i do things over here at the dust and gold standard so dana thank you very much uh have a wonderful uh rest of your day sir you too and keep up the good work dustin man i love the stuff you're putting out and uh it's just uh there's just so much information and uh you know, I'm really glad that you are uh, taking the tack that you're taking because it's a completely different tack than, than Mike's, even though they are intertwined in a lot of ways. But uh, it's 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 good stuff that people need to hear. And um, you know, I, I'm just I'm I'm really glad you're out there and you're doing what you're doing, man. It's it's it's, it's good stuff, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. I just come on here, I turn on the mic, and I try to sling like 5,000 bullets at a time. Every show, I try to jam-pack with what would be 10 shows worth of information. <laughs> and people can do with it whatever they so choose. I, I hope people use all this information to better their lives and try to free yourself a little bit from the system and try to, like I say, the, the more you understand what actually is going on, you can actually uh, free yourself a little bit from the stress of just jumping from fire to fire that you'll see on Fox News or MSNBC or anywhere else. And you'll just understand that all that stuff is part of the system. I think once you accept that, then you can step back and start to figure out what are your real goals? How are you going to achieve those goals? If you want to live one foot in and one foot out of the system, if you're trying to exit the system altogether. But I think once you actually understand it, where it came from, where it's going, and then if you want to add in, um, you know, the, this biblical stuff to it as well, I think what happens is you have a lot less stress. I know I do. The more I talk through this stuff, the less stress I get about it because I understand that, you know, this is going to happen. I can only control things that are within my own control. And at the end of the day, God will uh, hopefully guide me through the rest of those things. That's how I, that's how I personally look at stuff now. So, all right, Dana, thank you very much. We appreciate it to everyone else. Thank you for joining us at the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash 
Gold.